The SWAC schedule is so stacked this week that they make up all of our extra games to watch. Oh, yeah, it's locked on HBCU. Play my music. You are locked on HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. going on family welcome back to another episode of the locked on hbcu podcast your number one daily one-stop shop for everything hbcu athletics monday through friday part of the locked on podcast network your team every day and i of course am darian gray aka the mouth of the south texas southern alum and former tsu herald sports editor and current contributing writer at usa today's saints wire thank you for going on this journey with me megan locked on hbcu your first listen of the day every day and remember just because the mic cuts off does not mean that the journey is over just means it's time to follow me on twitter at south exclusives starts with an s and ends with an s the swag schedule makes up all of our games to watch this weekend, the extra ones. Of course, we have our game of the week tomorrow, but our extra games to watch, they make up all of them. And it's so stacked that each one gets its own segment today. You have Grambling versus Alcorn, in which Grambling is fighting another big-time SWAC West battle, this time against the Braves. Before that, FAMU versus Southern has a lot of parallels to an earlier matchup of FAMU versus Alabama State. And ironically, both teams have already played the Hornets. So let's see how these two teams will match up. But before any of that, when it comes to this one, I ain't gonna lie. I feel like Bernie Mac at Def Comedy Jam. Kick it. Because look, y'all just don't understand. I don't have a more vocal fan base on here outside the Jackson State. I don't. And I understand that I get a lot of love. And when things go bad, I get a lot of the other way too. But I ain't scared of you, mother. All right? Because Alabama A&M and Jackson State are fighting for their SWAC championship lives this Saturday. Crystal cut. If Jackson State loses this game, it's over for them. And if Alabama A&M loses this game, it's all but over for them. They're both fighting for their lives, but let's set the scene. FAMU currently stands at the top of the conference, but most specifically, the SWAC East with zero conference losses. Both of these teams already have one. Whoever loses this game will now have two. That's how math works. But they will have two conference losses. When you look at Jackson State, because they are way different than Alabama A&M in this situation. If Jackson State loses this game and goes to two losses, they've already lost the FAMU, meaning a tiebreaker will not swing their way. So now you wouldn't need the Rattlers to only lose two games. You would need the Rattlers to lose three games, and I don't see that happening. Now, when you look at Alabama A&M, it's all but over for them. They still get to face FAMU. So if they lose to this game or they lose this game against Jackson State, they could still technically beat FAMU and need FAMU to lose one other game. That's not crazy. I don't think it happens personally, but that's not crazy. The way better alternative is for you to win this game. The problem with that is, look, I like to drive on highways. I can get where I need to get on the road, but I personally am a highway driver. So there's different routes to get to the same way, but I like to choose the easiest route for me. And that's the highway with no stoplights. As for Alabama A&M, they could lose this game and still somehow get there. But if they just beat Jackson State and they beat FAMU, they still control their own destiny. See, that's the difference. If Jackson State loses this game, they need a lot to happen. 
Alabama A&M loses the game, they still need a little bit to happen. But if they win this game, then they control their own destiny. Now, you might be asking, well, what about Jackson State and tiebreakers in three-way ties? Okay, let's get into that because that that's something that I explored a little bit earlier. If you lose this game, three-way ties really kind of go out of there. If we're just going to be honest, let's get into it. It's four teams in the SWAC East, right? Not total, but four teams that we're really focusing on to be able to be actual contenders. I don't think anybody's looking at um, Mississippi Valley State as a contender. I don't. So what we're looking at right now is FAMU, Jackson State, Alabama State, Alabama A&M. Those are the four teams that we're really looking at. FAMU is going to be in that tiebreaker no matter what. Let's say that JSU has two losses. You can't lose to Alabama State at any point. Now, you can't lose to them because you have to stay at two losses. Alabama State already has two losses. That would bring them down to three. That removes a three-way tiebreaker with them, and now it's just you and FAMU. But maybe you get into a tiebreaker with you, FAMU, and Alabama A&M. That only likely happens. Well, first off, if you lose this game, forget all the trying to be intricate about it. If you lose this game and you are in a three-way tie with A&M, Florida A&M, and Alabama A&M, right, the A&Ms, you lose because you lost to both of those teams. If you're in a three-way tie, well, you're not going to be in a three-way tie with Alabama State and FAMU, but let's say somehow you do and y'all all get the three losses. FAMU beat both of you. Three-way ties no longer work if you lose this game. That's important. Once again, Alabama A&M gets to control their own destiny. If they win out, they win the conference. But if you're looking at Alabama A&M and they lose this game, you could, fam, you could lose to Bethune. Are you ever going to count that out? Fam, you could lose to Bethune. And if Alabama A&M beats Fam, you doesn't matter what happens here. You win it. You are in the conference championship game. So that's that's something that needs to be looked at from a team perspective. Them fighting for their lives is the biggest storyline in this game from a smaller perspective, which is the individual. You have Quincy Casey who is going in there and he's going to be facing his former team. And Co Coach Maynard already said, let's not make this personal, because if you make this personal, and you get out of body. You're going to be sitting right here next to me. And we're going to be watching the game together from the sideline while whoever the next quarterback who goes in is going to be playing. So he's already set this, this guideline, said, look, continue to play the way that you played. And that's something I think needs to be touched on from my perspective. A lot of people were very impressed with Alabama A&M versus UAPB. And for some reason, that didn't hit me. I'm not sitting here saying they garbage or anything like that, but I have kind of been a little bit dismissive of the Bulldogs. And frankly, that game against UAPB that impressed people it didn't connect to me. It didn't. I didn't sit there and see bad offense, but I was just like, nah, okay. Just kind of a shrug of the shoulders. And I watched that game pretty much from start to finish. I think I might have came in two minutes into the game or something like that. This is one of those ones where I'm looking for Alabama A&M's offense to show something to moi. To moi. I, everybody else, they got what they got. But me, I'm still looking for something else from them. And if they look good in this game, that will prove something to me. This will prove something to me because I do think that Jackson State has a solid defense. So you do this against an eye level. And last week, you put a 48 on Tuskegee. That's great. That's great. That's great. That's great. That's great. You know, it's like Coach Manor said, we expected to beat Tuskegee. Maybe not the way we did. I feel the same way. So that was impressive. I'll give you that. But now I'm looking at eye to eye. Eye level opponents. How does your offense perform? And that's something I'll be looking at, but specifically Quincy Casey, because Coach Maynard already said, you better stay in your body.
do not make this one too personal, even though he said, I know Casey probably is going to want it more than anybody else on this team. So I'll be looking at that. Quincy Casey, can you keep it from being personal? And by keeping it from being personal, can you impress the mouth of the South, please? Um, <laughs> but that's all I want to see. But as we move forward, we have another one. Like I said, we stand in the swag today. Tomorrow, we will have the MEAC, and that is North Carolina Central versus Elon. So just a little bit of a, a, a preview for you. But today, it's all about the SWAC. And we have FAMU versus Southern with some parallels to a previous matchup. Today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. And listen, Alabama A&M feels like they have found their quarterback. And sometimes a perfect team is about finding all of the right pieces. And the same thing can be said about your car. You have to make sure you find the right pieces for your car. And with eBay Motors, that makes things so much easier because they have over 120 million parts. Okay, now here's the thing. You put your car into the garage, whatever it is. Say you got a Cadillac Escalade, right? You put your Escalade into the My Garage section, and all of the pieces that come up will fit your car guaranteed. And if they don't, you get your money back. But listen, you're not getting your money back because it's going to fit. You don't need to worry about it. It's money well spent. Go to ebay.com slash motors. That's ebay.com slash motors. And it's going to have the right fit, right parts, all made and just me, all custom fit for your car no need to worry about it that's ebay.com slash motor ebay motors let's ride as we continue rolling on today's episode of locked on hbcu i appreciate you for making this your first listen of the day every day and remember on tomorrow's episode we will or excuse me on tomorrow period not the episode but tomorrow we will have our 10 a.m to noon central time live college football kickoff show and i'll be a part of that giving the extra games with all of these games that i have in front of me today i don't know how i'm gonna boil it down to two i might have to go to three who knows but i will see how we do it um but i appreciate you for making this your first listen of the day every day today now FAMU versus Southern is going to be a really good game. And matter of fact, I feel like it has some parallels to a previous really good game that we saw this year. FAMU versus Alabama State. Excuse me. Um, but yeah, there's some similarities in that. FAMU is FAMU. Oh, I'm so clever for that one, right? But FAMU is FAMU in this situation. But then Southern and Alabama State are so similar. They're so similar that they faced off this year. And it was only four points difference. And I walked out feeling the same kind of way about both. Man, these defenses are good. But the offenses, I need to see more. And I know that we said these things about D. Davis, but something just didn't sit right with me with this Davis situation. And I'm sitting there like, ah, we need to see more. And eventually, Damon Stewart ends up starting. But with Southern, and listen, I'm not absolving FAMU's offense. Let's just be clear. I know I said we might break it down, but we didn't have time to. I just didn't find the segment and the placement for it. And maybe if it happens again this week, we'll we'll talk about it. I don't know. But FAMU has had their offensive struggles, and their struggles have been with consistency. The same thing with Southern. It's a little bit different than Alabama State. With Southern, it's been consistency. I don't know how often we can put together drives, and why do we stall out in the second half? For FAMU, they often get it together, and their spurts are stronger. Let's just say you're inconsistent. Let's not judge when the inconsistencies happen. Even though that's important, let's take that out of the equation for the moment. FAMU spurts are better. When FAMU goes on their, their strong points, it's like they finally get it together and they know exactly what to do and they got it. 
you know. So when I see, and I think just overall, I just trust them. I just trust FAMU's offense more, even though they've had the same inconsistency um, criticisms that can be placed upon them. I just personally feel like when I look at Jeremy Musa, when I look at Marcus Riley, when I look at uh, uh, Yant, when I look at when I look at John Murray Sheree, when I look at these players, I just feel a little bit more confident because I've seen them do it at a higher level. Even if we've questioned if they the frequency might be the same, but the level is not. The level is not. I think FAMU has been a better offense. If you ask me, okay, you have Alabama State, and I won't continue putting the Hornets into this, but you have Alabama State, Southern, and you have FAMU, and you can take any of their offenses. Who are you going to take? If I went and asked 50 people, I think the vast majority would say FAMU, and I'd be in the vast majority. That's not. That's kind of what it is. I just trust them more. If they need to make a play, I'm going to trust them to make a play. And the defense is great. I think that that dark cloud defense is amazing. You know, so it, it's things like that. But this is a parallel between this game and then also the Alabama State game. Where I could see things being very difficult. If you're looking at Marcus, or excuse me, not Marcus, um, J- Jeremy, I'm a, I was going to name John Murray Sheree, Marcus Riley, Jeremy Musa. If you're looking at Jeremy Musa to suddenly have this I figured it out game, if it happens against them, I'm going to be really impressed. It wouldn't shock me if he struggles a little bit. If he just struggles the way he did against Alabama State, where they still move the ball, where they still, I think that was a good game. Personally, you're going against a tough defense like that. I thought that was a solid game. But if he struggles, I wouldn't be like, it's just a tough time to struggle. Sometimes people put certain complaints on you. And then the next thing you, under the next game you, you face, it's like, uh, well, this isn't the time. Like, for example, say I'm, I'm struggling on offense and everybody mad about me struggling on offense and I got to go face the 2000 Ravens. Now people are just going to be loud about me struggling on offense, especially if they feel like I'm supposed to be a really good, um, good offense. Excuse me, guys. I'm sorry, y'all. I've just really needed some water lately. And I don't know what's going on, but I really have needed water. But Southern defense, I think, is going to need to force Jeremy Moose into turnovers. I think he's just going to – they're going to need to make sure that he isn't comfortable. You have weapons on the outside. You have the running back position, but they're going to pass the ball. And Coach Simmons has already put his his trust in him. He's already stepped out there and vouched for him. You're going to have to make Musa very uncomfortable. You're going to have to make sure that he doesn't have time. You're going to have to – because you look at – um. Shall we, dang, I forgot his last name. But the defensive lineman for Southern, he was just the swag defensive player of the week. Had two and a half sacks. Like, you have to make sure that you have another performance like that because you already know that they're going to come in to try to get Musa comfortable. So I would assume that they're going to come in with a bunch of quick passes and things of that nature. You have to disrupt that. You have to make sure that they're in third and long so that they have to press the ball down the field. You're going to make sure that they're in third and long so now you can get your pressure on them. Because I do think they're going to try to make sure that he's comfortable. They might simplify things. They might have more screens because Riley and Sharid are both really dynamic players who you get the ball to them just in space, period, and they can make something happen. That's what I would do if I was Willie Simmons. Now, that being said, if I'm Southern, I'm making sure that I'm forcing turnovers because I don't trust my offense, and I feel like I might need to make plays on my own. I'm not saying you need to score points, but it would help. But I'm not saying you need to score points. You just need to make sure that you're keeping points off the board. Like I told Alabama State, I say the same thing to Southern. Keep this game low scoring. And maybe the most exciting part about this game is the fact that this could be a SWAC championship preview. And 
I've talked a lot about Prairie View being the front runner. I've said Grambling is the is the big dog now. But Southern is undefeated in conference play. Regardless of what happens in this game, they still get to face Alcorn. They still get to face PV. They still get to face Grambling. They still get to face pretty much everybody. They haven't faced the West yet. Side note, FAMU has a really good conference schedule. Like, they play PV. They play Grambling. Or excuse me, they don't play Grambling. They play PV. They play Southern. And they play TSU. And TSU looks worse now. But coming in, that was a, that was a solid West schedule. Like, that was a really good West schedule. Anywho. And one could say that TSU and PV switched places because PV didn't look that good at the beginning of the year. But now they look really good. TSU looked pretty good at the beginning of the year. Now it doesn't because, you know, injuries and whatnot. But um, this is a solid West schedule nonetheless. Only thing that could have been better if they switched TSU with Grambling. Like, that's it. But um, where was I? Because I definitely lost my train of thought. Oh, Southern. They're 2-0 right now. They could lose this game. They still get to go through and face PV, Grambling, Alcorn. Anybody who stands in their way, they still have the chance to play. So it doesn't really matter what happens in this game. Of course, you want to win it because you don't want to lose all conference games ranked the same or weigh the same. So you don't want to lose a conference game. But you can make up for it. So regardless of what happens here, we could see another repeat game kind of like we did last year with Southern and Jackson State. So this is going to be really interesting. I can't wait to watch this game. And it'll be a battle of defenses and whose offense can make more plays. But the defenses are going to be really good. So that's what you'll be looking forward to on Saturday. But we have one more. We're almost done with the swag before we get to the MEAC tomorrow. But right now it's Grambling versus Alcorn because Grambling is facing their second straight really tough SWAC West uh, bout. And we'll look at that as we continue with Locked On HBCU. As we're wrapping up today's episode of Locked On HBCU. I appreciate you for making this your first listen of the day, every day, making it all the way to segment three. And I thank you two times for that. Thank you. Thank you. And Grambling is facing their second huge test in a row. And that's kind of the same. I think PV. No, PV doesn't have that. But Alcorn has it where last week they faced Alabama State. This week they're going to face Grambling. Last week Grambling faced Prairie View. This week they're facing Alcorn. Like these are tough matchups. And honestly, these are meaningful games and allow me to put the SWAC and the MEAC against each other. And this isn't to rub anything in the face, but the size of the MEAC doesn't allow the amount of big games. Like, I don't know if I'll ever do a full show of all MEAC games to watch in this capacity, because for me, the MEAC builds up to a couple of games and this isn't a shot or anything like that, but this they just build up to a certain amount of games. I just don't think that there's enough teams in the conference for you to sit there and be like, oh, man, they have so many important games after week two, week three. Like We're three weeks into the season, and we still don't have a clear picture of anything. We don't really, or on the SWAC West side, I should say, we don't have a clear picture of what's going on in the SWAC West. We're three weeks into the season. You still have three really huge games. Alabama a and versus Jackson State is a huge game. You have FAMU versus Southern, big-time game. Grambling versus Alcorn, Huge game. Like, these are big-time matchups this deep into the season, all in conference play, and there's no real rivalry involved. It's just strictly saying these matchups are important, you know? So with the MEAC, for me, it's like three teams. Like, once you're three weeks into the season, you start having a clear picture of who's going to be what. That's the thing. With only six teams in your conference, you already kind of know 
once you get halfway through the season, okay, or three weeks into the season, because it's the same thing with conference play, three weeks into the conference play, you know who's who, and you know who's going to be the guys. You know who's not going to be the guys. And maybe you have an upset somewhere along the way. But upsets typically aren't games you're just looking forward to, you know? So that's kind of the difference here where I'm looking at Grambling versus Alcorn. Regardless of who win this game, they still might not get it done. It still might be PV. It still might be Southern. They might not be the team. The winner of this might not be the team that represents the division in the in the conference championship game. But this is still a big game to me. So Alcorn wouldn't even be at the top. There's, I don't think there's any way that Alcorn can be at the top of this division after this week. It could be a four-way tie, but I'm not going through four-way tiebreakers this early into conference play. I'm not. I'm just going to say they all there then. But other than that, you're looking at um, – lost my train of thought for a second. Oh, you're looking at Alcorn, who they're looking to fight to get into this thing. I say Grambling's looking for to retain supremacy, but Alcorn's looking to get back in this. If you lose to Grambling and you lose to PV, now things are looking tough for you. They're looking down. You got two losses to two very important people. Now you got to sit there and hope that Grambling loses some. It's just so much. I'm not going through tiebreakers every single segment. That's not what we came to do. But overall, Grambling is looking for supremacy because they still have no losses. They're looking to knock off PV and now look off and then now knock off Alcorn which is two of the biggest competitions. And, of course, they won't get to face Southern until the last game of the week or the season. So that's something that's well off. You ain't worried about that right now. But you're looking at Alcorn. They currently have one loss in the conference. They just had a really big win over Alabama State. And one can say that they were fighting for their lives because they couldn't go in with two losses and still have to beat Grambling and Southern. That's tough. That's tough. You, have st- you still got Jackson State on the schedule. Alcorn has a tough, has a tough schedule on the way. They already lost to PV. PV sitting here probably rooting for Alcorn. Like, all right, we can already take taking care uh, taking care of Alcorn. Let's get Grambling one loss now. Because as long as PV stays one loss under Grambling, PV's at a deficit. They need to be tied with Grambling so that Grambling can lose one more game because of tiebreaker reasons, right? So these are big-time matchups. For Alcorn, you have to remember the running game hasn't been that good this year. So you're looking at Aaron Allen at the quarterback position, and you're looking at the, the duo – the duo of Hunt and Rogers at the wide receiver position. That's what I'm looking at. Same thing with Grambling, except they have a running game that's been working. You're looking at Roger, you're looking at Crawley, and you're also looking at Rash. You're looking at, they have a bevy of receivers. Like Robinson, like they have so many guys, it's too many to name. But you're looking at those guys. This is a game that has heavy SWAC West implications. And I know I kind of went on a tangent about where the SWAC West stands versus, or the SWAC stands versus the MEAC, but it's just a little bit different. Overall, this is an important matchup. Forget the other conference. Just focus on them. These are two teams who, at the end of the day, both have heavy SWAC championship aspirations. For Alcorn, you lose another one to a divisional opponent, it's going to be much tougher for you to get there. For Grambling, you're perfect right now. You're 2-0, and and you knocked off a big competitor. One could argue your biggest competitor. Now let's knock off your second or third biggest competitor. You have the opportunity to do that in two weeks and really assert your dominance over this conference. So what are you going to do? That's my biggest sell for this. Let's rein it in. That's my biggest sell for this game. Tomorrow's episode, we'll be back with a MEAC team against a CAA team. So you have North Carolina Central versus Elon, and this is a game between two top 25 teams as well. 
We'll get into our three matchups, our two storylines, and our key to victory for only Central. I'm not giving a key to victory for Elon. But we'll get into all of that on tomorrow's episode. So I appreciate you for making this your first listen of the day every day. And until I see you tomorrow, take care. Stay blessed. Peace.